You two are a disaster. I know. <clears throat> okay, Matthew. Acts. First Corinthians. Ephesians. Colossians. Mm-hmm. First and Second Timothy. Mm -hmm. James. Revelation. Yes. I don't, I don't think we got any wrong that time. We didn't. I feel confident today. Well, good. That's how I want people to feel every time. Um, Seth, can you tell me, please, what are the Catholic epistles and Revelation? Um, are they uh, first and Nope. These are the epistles that are to the whole church, not to any particular congregation or individual or group. You're close. One away. Hebrews is to the group of the Hebrews. Yes. Mm hmm. Yep. Correct. Yes. Good. Sophie, what? please give me the names of the books that are the epistles of Paul to churches. Mm-hmm. Galatians. Mm-hmm. Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Philippians. Yep. Colossians. Mm-hmm. First and second. Correct. Cameron, please tell me the names of Paul's epistles to pastors. Uh, Matthew? Nope. That's one of the Gospels. I'm not gonna, I wasn't gonna, I, I have three of you, and there's four groups of books, which means I'm not gonna give you the easy one, which is the Gospels, because you all know those. I just said you all know the Gospels. Okay, Cameron, the epistles that Paul wrote to pastors. First thing it said, John? Mm-mm. Cameron, who wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John? John. John. So John is not Paul. So uh, there's, it's a group of books. Sophie had all of the epistles of Paul that were to churches. And you, have, you, I need you to tell me the epistles of Paul to pastors. Which would come after the epistles of Paul to the churches. One before, two before, technically. Oh, first, first, second Corinthians? Nope. First and second. Oh, Timothy? Timothy, yes. You know how you can tell that there are St. Paul's letters to pastors? Because they have the names. Yeah. Or to people, really, is what it is. They're not all to pastors. First and second. Uh, Corinthians? Nope. Oh, uh, Timothy? Yes. Titus? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, good. 
Very good. That's it. Okay, catechism. I thought you felt confident. Yeah, not on this. I meant on this. Oh, on the terms? Oh, well, all I heard you say was that you felt confident. Uh, what does God say about these commandments? He says, the Lord, I, the Lord, your, your God, am a jealous God. Yes, punishing the, the children mm-hmm. for the fathers. For the what of the fathers? For the sin of yep, the fathers. for the sin of the fathers to the generation of those who, of those who hate me, mm-hmm. but, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who, of those who love me mm-hmm. and keep my commandment. I didn't really know that much. Ten minutes hey, a day. Huh? Ten minutes a day. She got more of it than you. Ten, min- ten minutes a day. Ten minutes a day. You absolutely must do this because I'm gonna get, I'm gonna tell you this. When it comes to the time when we're gonna review all of the commandments, we're not gonna do them as groups. I'm gonna ask you random ones, and you're gonna have, gonna have to do them by yourself. So. Wait, we'll have to do that. Yep. Welcome to big boy and girl class. Can I do that next year? Nope. Uh, so that includes you. I don't know why you're laughing at Sophie. Yeah, so let's do this again. What does God say about all these commandments? He says, I, the Lord your God, am, am, am a jealous God, mm-hmm. punishing the children yes. the mm-hmm. to the, the third and fourth generation of, of those who... Yes, but showing love to, to yep, a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Yes, work on those. Next time, you have to do the what does this mean. That was the first part. That was the first part. That's just a big giant Bible verse. That's from Exodus chapter 20. That's Exodus 20 verses 5 and 6. That's not even catechism. That's just the Bible. Here's the catechism. What does this mean? God threatens to punish all who break these commandments. Therefore, we should fear his wrath and not do anything against them. But he promises grace and every blessing to all who keep his commandments. Therefore, we should also love and trust in him and gladly do what he commands. That is for next week. Then, the week after that, we'll review the close of the commandments. And the week or two after that, it's a review of all the commandments. Well, the whole point of this is that you don't forget them. Do you know who the, who the small catechism was written for? No. Kindergartners and kids who can't read. I can't read. Yes, you can. So, uh, you are all much older than the kids that the catechism was written for. 
10 minutes a day, work on it 10 minutes a day, you'll be just fine. All right. Uh, you know, when at my church growing up, there are second and third graders who can say the whole catechism. Well, good for them. Do you know wh why they can they do it? They do it 10 minutes a day. Because they worked on it. I did too. Then work harder. All right. Term quiz. Let's see how confident you are. No, I'm not confident. The today's term quiz is all dates. Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna fail this one. Dates and events. All right, number one. The day Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb, when the angel Gabriel appeared to her to announce that she would conceive and be the mother of the Messiah. The day that Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb. And I will give you a bonus point if you can tell me what the date of this is. This is one of the easiest ones to remember. <clears throat> Number two. When Jesus began his public ministry as the one who would fulfill all righteousness by becoming the sin bearer and the Lamb of God who, take, who would take away the sin of the world. At this event, the Holy Spirit descended on him, anointing him the Christ. And the Father spoke his word of approval. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Can yes. Repeat, it? repeat what? This one that I just read? Yes, just hold your horses. It's like you've never been to midweek before, Sophie. The, when Jesus began his public ministry, when he took all the sins of the world upon himself, the Holy, excuse me, the Holy Spirit descended on him and a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Number three. When Moses and Elijah appeared in a cloud with Jesus before Peter, James, and John, the glory of Jesus' divine nature shone like the sun, and the Father spoke from heaven, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. This should be a really, really, really easy one for you if you paid attention in church on Sunday. Number four. The day Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey while the multitude laid their garments and palm branches on the road and the multitude cried out to him in fulfillment of scriptures, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Hosanna in the highest. And I will give you a bonus point if you can tell me the name of the part of the liturgy where we sing those words. Blessed is he, blessed is he, blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. The day Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and they threw palm branches down. Lastly, number five, the day of Christ's resurrection after the old Sabbath, bringing life in the new covenant. This day is also the day of the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. It's an important day because it brings to mind the number of salvation, the new creation, and the number of souls saved in the ark. Okay. Do you need me to repeat any of these? Sophie? Two and three. Two and three. Number two. When Jesus began his public ministry as the one who would fulfill all righteousness, he became the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. The Holy Spirit descended on him, and the Father spoke his word, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This is There's only one time when that happens. And number three, when Moses and Elijah appeared in a cloud with Jesus before Peter, James, and John, the glory of Jesus' divine nature shone like the sun, and the Father said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. There's only two times when the Father says, this is my beloved Son. One is this time, and the other is the one before this. And again, this is a pretty big hint. This one is really, really easy if you paid attention uh, in church on Sunday and in the prayer that we did right before we came in here for class. Yes, Sophie? Do you have one, Cameron? One? One, okay. One, 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 one. That's all the way back here. Okay. The day Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb, when the angel Gabriel appeared to her to announce that she would conceive. I thought maybe that would do. And you get a bonus point if you can tell me what the date is of this when we celebrate it. Sophie? Miss Confident, which one do you need me to repeat? Okay, this is the last one. The day of Christ's resurrection after the old Sabbath, bringing life in the new covenant. It's also the day of the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. 
It's a day of an important number, tying into new days of creation and the number of souls saved in the ark. All right, number one, Cameron. That is correct, Cameron. The Annunciation. That's when the angel Gabriel announces. It is the Annunciation. And Cameron, do you have the date? No. I'll go in order, Seth. It is. How do you, what is the easy way to remember the date of the Annunciation, Seth? Uh, he was, well, we said we a person that's on December 25th. Mm-hmm. And nine months from Nine months before that, yeah, is, is March 25th. Yes, so the Annunciation, March 25th, and then nine months after that is Christmas. So you, it's an easy one to remember because you can work it backwards because you know that Christmas is always December 25th. And when you work it backwards, it brings you to March. Good. All right, Seth, number two. Um, is it the baptism of our Lord? It is the baptism of our Lord. Remember that the baptism is the point where Jesus, the blessed exchange happens in the baptism of Jesus. Bapti- Jesus is baptized. You get clean in baptism. Jesus gets dirty in baptism. That's when he takes on the sin of the world. The Holy Spirit descends on him like a what, Cameron? A dove? Yes, and the Father says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, Sophie, number three. Cameron? The, the, the transfiguration? Yes, the transfiguration or the transfiguration of our Lord. That was, ju- that was this past Sunday was the transfiguration. Uh, just as just a little tidbit for you, we typically celebrate Transfiguration on the last Sunday after Epiphany, so that you always know that Lent is coming up when Transfiguration happens, because this coming Sunday is what is called Septuagesima, which means 70 days before Easter, and then the next one is Sexagesima, which is 60 days before Easter, and then, well, then there's quinquagesima, which is 50 days before Easter. And then how many days before Easter when Lent starts? 40. 40. That's right. So then the next Sunday after that is Lent. So we're counting down to Lent. Did you have a question, Cameron? Oh, yeah. Uh, that S word you just said, you know. Uh, Septuagesima? Yeah, I, 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 I thought I uh, heard that word word before. We've used it in church plenty times before. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Well, it's not exactly that. There's lots of fun words in the church, like Quasimodo Geniti. Quasimodo. That's where Quasimodo the Hunchback gets his name. Quasimodo Geniti is the first Sunday after Easter. And they dropped off the baby on the first Sunday after Easter, so they named him after the day, Quasimodo Geniti. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, God. All right, number four. Who is that now? Stop getting me all distracted, you think. Uh, Seth, what's number four? Uh, is it Palm, Palm Sunday? Yes, Palm Sunday, or... Do you know the, the Latin name? I put the eighth day. That's incorrect. It's what Palm Sunday. The eighth day. Cameron, you put the day Jesus rides into Jerusalem and they throw palm branches down? 
Is the Latin thing like palma or something? No, it is palma, palmarum, which just means of palms, Sunday of palms. So when you look up, um, you know, sometimes when you look up on the board and it says things like, or in the bulletin, it says things like invocabit or laetare or palmarum. Those are, the, those are all of the Latin names for the church days. Uh, okay, yeah, Palm Sunday. And uh, do you have the bonus point? Sanctus. Yep, Sanctus. Mm-hmm. That's also Latin. Did you get that, Sophie? So close to putting that. But Sanctus is Latin for holy. So when we sing that, if we were going to do it the old way in Latin, we would go Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus. Sanctus means holy. Holy, holy, holy. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus. Blessed is he. Okay? That's how you can remember it. And lastly, number five. What did you put? Oof, yep, that's wrong. Cameron? No. Cameron, you have it. You wrote it down. The eighth day is number five. The day of the resurrection after the old Sabbath and the new life in the covenant. The day of resurrection of the body when Christ comes. All of that is the eighth day. I, I knew I saw you write that down and I thought, oh, Cameron, so close. Yeah, for future, Cameron, anytime the clue is the day that Jesus rides into Jerusalem and they throw palm branches down, that's Palm Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Or I just think of it as the day that Jesus rides in with the donkey. That works too. All right, Sophie. Three. Cameron. Two. Seth. Seven. Whoops. I wrote you down in the wrong spot. How many? Seven. And Cameron? Two. There. Are you trying to see what the scores are? No, I'm just looking. Are you guys how I'll tell you the places right now. Seth is in a pretty mighty first place. Sophie... Sophie. Then in next and second place is Cameron. Then Sophie. And then Mason. But Cameron, you're only ahead of Sophie by 0.5 points. points. After after today, Sophie is ahead by 0.5 points. After today? After today. I didn't I didn't add them up here. So So before the term quiz today, Cameron was in second place. So, so then, well, but then what will I be? Third. Uh-huh. You and Sophie would go like but then, this. But then what will Mason be? He's still fourth. Mason is still in fourth place. You're now in third place if we add it all up, and you're in second place. I might just stay but in second. there's no prizes for second place. <sighs> what about first? Oh, there's, yeah. You get bragging rights when you're in first place. Oh. Bragging rights are big. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I'd love bragging rights. Okay, Luke. What? What is bragging rights? Bragging rights means that you get to brag about how you were in first place and everybody just has to listen to you. They don't get to say anything. I'll just plug my ears. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to plug your ears, Sophie. You're not allowed. You have to listen. All right. Um... Right, Luke chapter 22, starting at verse 
14. Chapter 2? Mm -hmm. No, 22. Luke 22. Uh, no, we'll start at 14. Yes, make it snappy. Where is the water fountain? Uh, it's upstairs. Sophie, you know what is in this church. I thought there was one downstairs. There is not one. Okay. Okay. Here we go. When the hour had come, he, who is he? Uh, yes, that's always a good guess. He, that is Jesus, sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Yes, Cameron. I always remember that because uh, he is capitalized. Yes. And so it shows. Very good. In my Bible, it's not capitalized. So I don't know why, but... Well, the, it, not, it isn't always. It depends on the edition. That's Editors do that. In the, if you look at the Bible in the original language, which was Greek, it's not, there's no capitalized. There's no, there's no verse numbers, there's no capitalizations, there's not even any punctuation, hardly any. Um, it's just a bunch of letters. Uh, yeah, so he's sitting at table, sitting down. When the hour had come, which hour? Think about when this is happening. In Luke chapter 22, uh, where obviously, what did we do last week? Palm Sunday. And now, it's past Palm Sunday. Think about this. What is Palm Sunday the first Sunday of? Um, no, it's in Lent. Or Holy Week? Yes, Holy Week. Uh, Palm Sunday is the first Sunday in Holy Week. So right now, in, in our midweek, we are in Holy Week. So, what hour? What is happening? Where are they all right now that he's... The Lord's Supper? The, the institution of the Lord's Supper, yes. And where does that take place? It isn't in here. I mean, it is if you read back. Uh, but... This is me asking you to see if you remember. Where does the institution of the Lord's Supper take place? Where are Jesus and his disciples? Jerusalem? Yes, they're in Jerusalem. Where in Jerusalem? Jesus' house? Not Jesus' house, but they are in a house. And what part of the house? The dining room? Where is the dining room? Oh. Cameron. Well, I was going to say the kitchen. Not the kitchen. Seth. The upstairs. Yes, the upper room. That's what it is. They're in the upper room. And what are they doing? Why do they go here to this house and go into the upper room? Is it maybe to represent heaven? No, no, no. They're, they're here. It's not to represent anything. They're here to do something. They go to this house and they use that room to do something specific. What are they there to do? Why is... No, why is everybody going to Jerusalem at this time? 
It is holy for the Jews. A very special feast. Oh, oh, and that Lord's Supper? Nope. What is the feast that they remembered every year? Palm Sunday? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. All of those things are Christian things. Those are things that we celebrate. But what about the Jews? Jesus was a good Jewish boy. So he goes to Jerusalem with all his good Jewish boy disciples to celebrate the... The feast? The feast of the... The feast, yes, the feast of the Passover. So right here, when the hour had come, the hour had come to do what? Celebrate the Passover. Yes, and how do they celebrate the Passover? Yes, Cameron. They, they eat. They eat what? No. No. You need to stop thinking about the Lord's Supper for just a minute and just think about the Passover. Sophie. I'm just guessing a lamb. A lamb, yes. They eat a lamb. And what else do they eat with the lamb? I'll give you a hint. It's the same thing they ate in Exodus. They eat the same thing every single year for the Passover. The lamb and... Sheep? No. Oh. And, and the bread? Yes, the bread. What kind of bread, Cameron? Uh, the, bread, the bread from Jesus. <laughs> well, you're getting colder now. You're right with bread. I'm being nitpicky. No, no, okay. This is, this is the Passover. This is the Jewish festival. Jesus has not instituted the Last Supper. He has not instituted the Lord's Supper yet. They are celebrating the Passover. So they're eating a lamb with bitter herbs. And they're eating what kind of bread? And it's like a cracker. You snap it. It doesn't rise because it doesn't have... Yeast. It is, and what do we call bread that doesn't have yeast? Uncooked bread. Un oh, un Unseasoned bread. Unseasoned. No. Uncooked bread? No. Unleavened bread. It's the same kind of bread that you have or that we have here for communion. It looks like a little flat thing because there's no, there's no uh, yeast. It doesn't rise. It's bread, but it's like a cracker. Unleavened bread. And what else? What do they drink? Wine. Wine. Yes. Good. So uh, why, do they why do they eat a lamb? But to like, uh, celebrate uh, the Passover. Right. But, but what about the Passover? Oh, why is it a lamb? They put uh, the lamb blood on the mm -hmm. That's right. They put the lamb's blood on the door. And then they ate the body of the lamb. And then the unleavened bread... Do you remember why the Israelites ate unleavened bread instead of leavened bread? Yes, Cameron. Because they believe in God? No, Cameron, that's not it. Well, do your parents ever bake bread at home? Or do your grandparents ever bake bread? 
What happens after they mix everything together and put it in the bowl? Can you just put it right in the oven and bake it? It has to... It has to rise because you put yeast in it. So you have to wait a long time before you can bake it and then sometimes you have to punch it down and then turn it over and then you have to let it do that a few times. Well, depends on what kind of bread you're making. But uh, you have to let it rise. And when they're waiting to leave Egypt, do they have time to sit around and wait for bread to rise? No, so they make unleavened bread that they can just mix together and bake and make the big pieces of it. So they celebrate the Passover. They eat the same food that they did to remember. Every year they do this celebration to remember. Now this is a special Passover because at this Passover, Jesus does away with the old Passover and gives a new Passover, which is... Yes, which is the Lord's Supper. Now we don't eat a Passover lamb. We eat... Uh, yes, which is... Yeah, which is Jesus. And we would say that he's our new Passover lamb. So we don't have to go kill a lamb and then cook it and eat it. We have Jesus who is the new Passover lamb. Uh, all right, verse 15, Cameron. Then... Then he said to them, the desire. I had the desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Mm-hmm. Four. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is the Passover fulfilled? Seth? Um, it's right there in your... Oh, uh, the kingdom of God. Right. What is the kingdom of God? What does Jesus mean by that? It's Cameron. In heaven? Nope. The kingdom of God is something else. So actually, when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, it doesn't just mean, it's not talking about heaven. Sophie. We are on verse 16. Uh, what is the kingdom of God? It is the death of Jesus. The kingdom of God is the death of Jesus. So, he's not going to eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. The Passover is fulfilled in the death of Jesus because he is the great Passover lamb. How many more lambs do we have to kill after Jesus? One. What? One. One? For what? For, for Jesus? Why do we have to kill a lamb for Jesus? Who is Jesus? The lamb? The lamb of God? Who takes, uh, who takes away the sin of the world? Yeah, so how many sins of the world does he not take away? Zero. Zero. So how many more lambs do we have to kill? Zero. Zero. Jesus is the last lamb. That's close. <laughs> Jesus is the last lamb. So we don't have to kill any more lambs because he fulfills it. Then he took the cup, Sophie, 17. Seventeen, verse seventeen. Like, Chapter twenty-two, verse seventeen. Oh, I don't know. I it. Hold on. And he took a cup, and when he, he had given thanks, he said, "Take this and divide it among yourselves." 
For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And when does the kingdom of God come? No, we just said it. The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Yes, so when does the kingdom of God come? Yes, when he dies. And he says he's not going to partake of the fruit of the vine, which is what? What's the fruit that grows on a vine that they have oh, at the pen? Yes, and what do you make with grapes? Well, you're right. Yeah, grape juice, but wine. So they make wine. So when you, say in the, when you see in the Bible, anytime it says fruit of the vine, it means wine. So they, he won't drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Well, what happens when Jesus is on the cross? What does he say? I thirst. And what do they give him to drink? Wine? Yes, sour wine. They give him sour wine. Mm -hmm. Not sour wine, you don't. Sour wine means spoiled wine. Like expired. Wine that's been sitting out with the cap off and it turns to vinegar. Do you like drinking vinegar? Uh, I like salt and vinegar chips. Well, it doesn't taste the same as salt and vinegar chips, I'll tell you that. It does the salt, it does. I've had just vinegar. Well, you go home and ask your dad if you can take a little sip of vinegar, and then you, you report back to me, okay? Uh-huh. You, drink, you drink vinegar. You pour it in a glass and you drink it. Just a tiny bit. I don't believe you. You should. I don't believe you at all, Sophie. I'll do it tonight. Uh, anyway. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You guys, this is a train wreck tonight. Just a train wreck. We're all over the place. All right, back to this. They give Jesus sour wine to drink. And what happens right after he drinks? He says, it is finished, and he... Departs? Departs in what way, Cameron? When Jesus says, it is finished, what does he do right after that? No, he's on the cross and he says, it is finished. Oh, he departs from God? He dies? He dies! It is finished. He dies. And uh, so that's when it's fulfilled, the death of Jesus. He drinks the fruit of the vine at when the kingdom of God comes. Now, 18. Oh, 19. Mm-hmm. You, Cameron. And, and, and he took bread and gave, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to him, saying, This is my body, which is good for you. Do this and remember to me. Yeah, does it say, This looks like my body, or this is a sign of my body, or this is a symbol of my, this body? Is my body? Oh, this is my body. So, what does that mean when we have communion? What, would you, what do we say about it? This is his body. That this is his body. Why do we say that? Because it is his body. Because Jesus says, This is my body. We don't say. That Jesus means anything other than the literal words that Jesus says. What else does Jesus say? He remembers him. No, I mean, sorry, verse 20. Oh. And likewise, the cup after they have eaten, the cup after they have eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Mm hmm. Uh, Yes, so he also takes the cup and then he says of what is of you know he says what about the wine? This is his new covenant. 
Yes, the new covenant in his blood. blood. Right. So then when we give you the wine that was wine, what do we say that it is? Does Jesus say this is a symbol of my covenant? This pretend this is pretend my covenant? This This is. This is my blood. So it is his body, it is his blood. And what does this mean that it's the new covenant? What's the old covenant? All right, put it in your pocket. What's the old covenant? Is it, oh, is it, um... Think of it in terms of the Passover. Uh, In terms of the Passover and in terms of the temple. What happens in the temple, Cameron? Uh, Well, yes, that happened. But what is the big event that always, the, the big thing that happens in the temple? Well, well, like, uh, sacrifice. Sacrifice. What do they sacrifice, Sophie? They sacrifice the. Yep, animals. They sacrifice animals, lambs and goats, and sometimes a bull. Yeah, but lambs and goats typically. All right, so they sacrifice. That's the old covenant. The old covenant is you have to shed blood. The new covenant is. My blood is shed for you, and now you have salvation in me. You don't have to sacrifice animals anymore, because I am the animal that will be sacrificed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. Whose hands are on the table? The hands of his betrayer, the one who will betray him to death. And... The hands of all 12 disciples are on the table. What does that mean? It's going to be one of one of them. And truly, the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. And they all begin to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. All of our hands were on the table. And he says, your hands are on the table. You're going to betray me. And they go, is it I? Is it me? Is it I, Lord? Is it I? Surely it's not me. And um, what does this mean when it says that it, he goes as it has been determined? What does it mean if something is determined? Yes. Yes. It's going to happen. It's been a plan. So someone's going to betray Jesus and he's going to go away to suffer and to die just like it has been determined, which means what? The plan all along was that Jesus was going to die. So when he is betrayed and handed over, what is happening is the very thing that God had planned to happen for the salvation of the world. Now, let's look at John Chapter 13. John chapter 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Cameron. And supper being ended, the, the devil ha- having already put it in, 
into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to, to betray him. But Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come, in for, come from God and was going back to God. Mm -hmm. Who uh, is going to betray Jesus? Judas. Yes, Judas. And for, how does, for what? He betrays him for what? It, like, 30 coins. Yes, 30 coins of... Not silver. silver. Yep, 30 coins of silver. Uh, what does it mean that the devil put it into the heart of Judas? Well, did he like tempt him to do it? Yes, uh, and this is one thing that's very important because this is the way Satan works. Always trying to get you to put something else in the place of Jesus. Something else to be your God. So for Judas, what was the God that the new God that became his God? Yes, money. If you pay me, then I'll get money and then I'll hand him over. His God is money. That's the, way that, uh, that's the way that Satan works, is to say, what thing do you love more than Jesus or that you could love more than Jesus that I can make you love more than Jesus? That's always the way that it works. And he puts it into your heart, just like with Judas. Um, and Judas listens. And Judas says, yes, you know what? I think I would like some more money. Even though I'm the one who is in charge of the money bag, remember from last time. And, uh, right, the Father gives all things to Jesus' hand. Now, verse 4. Rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a Towel tied it around his waist. Mm -hmm. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. So what is he doing? After they eat their supper, what does he do? He wraps himself in a towel. And? Uh... Why does he wrap himself in a towel? The yes, to wash the disciples' feet. Why is he doing this? What, why would Jesus possibly want to wash the feet of his disciples? I think feet are disgusting. I wouldn't set a basin down here and wash all of you midweek, midweek students' feet. Especially not yours. So why? what is Jesus doing? Why, why is he doing well, that, Cameron? Be, because he loves them. Yes, he loves them. Yes, he wants to take care of them. Very good. Jesus loves them and wants to take care of them. And it's showing them something, too. about Firstly, about Jesus, about the Christ. Does the Christ come so that people will serve him because he's the big, powerful king? Mm-mm. How it's the other way around. Jesus doesn't come to be served, but to serve. And in washing the disciples' feet, he shows them what he's going to do for them on the cross, which is to take away their sins, make them clean. And he shows them how they are to love one another. Um... Now, it comes to Simon Peter, verse 6. Who's, is, that, is that my verse? No, that, I 
Oh, okay. okay so, um, Verse 6. He came to Simon Peter, Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Hmm? Seven. Oh. Jesus answered him, What am I doing? You do not. What am I doing? You do not understand now. But afterward, you will understand. Yeah. After what he'll understand? Jesus dies. And. Goes to heaven. And Jesus dies and. Rises. Rises. The death and resurrection. Yeah. So after the resurrection, so many things that the disciples didn't understand, they will. And it's after the resurrection that they understand why Jesus was watching, washing their feet. That's why I said part of it is pointing to what Jesus does, which is take away the sins. He cleanses. But they won't understand it. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. What else does that sound like? What else does Peter say something like this? Oh, well, he denies that he believes in. Okay, he denies, yes, he denies Jesus. Think back. So that happens forward. There's another time in the back, going backwards, where Jesus, or Peter says something to Jesus like that. he confesses his faith. Yes, 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 it's right there. He confesses his faith. Uh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, hey, that's a really good confession. And then Jesus says, now the Son of Man has to suffer and die. And Saint, what does Peter say? No, you're not going to suffer and die. And Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now look at this. No, you shall never wash my feet. You're too great to wash my feet, Jesus. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. What does that sound like? How do you get into the church? How do you Well, no. How do you get in? How are you made to be with Jesus? What's the thing that happens before anything else? Baptism. Baptism. And baptism is a a washing. Washing. Yes. So unless you are washed by Jesus, you have no part with him. There it is. And uh, without the forgiveness of sins. And Simon Peter said, verse 9. Is that right? No, that's Cameron. Oh, okay, Simon Peter said to him, Well, Lord, and not, my, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Yeah, what does he want Jesus to do? To wash his hands and his He wants him to wash his whole self. Yeah, it, well, don't it, just wa- if you're going to wash me, Jesus, don't just wash my feet. Just wa- give me a whole bath. Yeah, it, it's like the opposite, uh, opposite of Peter. The complete opposite of Peter. Because Peter wants nothing and Simon wants everything washed. This is Peter. Simon Peter. This is So Peter says, don't wash me. And Jesus says, you have to let me wash you. If you're not washed, you can't be a part of me. And he says, well, okay then, but don't just wash my feet, then wash my whole self. All or nothing, Jesus. And Jesus said, Um, The one who is bathed does not need to wash set for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but but not every one of you. Mm-hmm. Eleven, come on, oh. continue. For he knew who was to betray him, that was why he said not at all. Yes. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, I'll finish, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. 
And you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. If I have served you, you should serve one another. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you. And then if you jump ahead to verse 31, actually 34, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. This is what it means. Uh, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That is the command. So, what day of, in Holy Week would we say that this is? The institution of the Lord's Supper, washing the disciples' feet, giving them this command to love one another. What day of Holy Week is that? The Sunday, Monday, Thursday. Yeah, Monday, Thursday, that's right. Uh, this is important because why is it called Mondi? It's not Monday, it's Mondi. Yeah, it, it, it's itself like Monday, Monday. It does, it does. Mondi. Mondi Thursday. Mondi is a word that comes from Latin. The word mandatum. Like we say mandate. If I give you a mandate, what is it? Yes, it's an order, a mandate. It's like a law. So when Jesus gives a mandatum, or a mandatus, he, that is his law, his commandment, that you love one another. So Mondi Thursday is the day where the mondi, the mandatus, to love one another is given. So it's the day of the new law, uh, which is, hey, you should love. I've given you the lap, or I've given you the example of how you are supposed to love. And if you really want to be my disciples, you have to follow me and do what I do. If I love you, you ought to love one another and your neighbor. Any questions? All right, let's look at the terms here. So, obviously, you've got Maundy Thursday, okay, the day in Holy Week when Jesus celebrates the Passover, the Lord's Supper, and for this, you can answer this if this comes up on a term quiz. You can answer it however you want. You can do the Lord's Supper. You can do the sacrament of the altar. Or you can use uh, the Eucharist. You, you can say communion too, but these are better. Okay. And my favorite is Eucharist, but you can use whichever one you'd like. The Passover. You know the Passover. The high priestly prayer. This is the prayer that Jesus prays uh, about his disciples in the upper room. And that happens on Maundy Thursday. The New Testament or the New Covenant. You can use either. That's the promise of the Lord's body and blood that was shed in the place of man. And lastly, Judas Iscariot, the disciple who fell away from Christ and betrayed him. Okay? Remember... Um, what does this mean? Ten minutes a day on your catechism and on your terms. <laughs> the clock is stuck. You can fix it, Daddy. The clock is stuck. The clock is stuck? You're right, it is stuck. We should fix it. But we're going to go pray first, okay? I don't know how, how she even knows that. Yeah, me too. Please.